Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. All right, what's up, everyone? It is yet another episode of It Be Your Own People. It's also our final episode of our premiere season. So we're jumping right into our cocktail of the day. I'm having a nice, uh, I'm having a nice Modelo today because you know, summertime, I like to sip on my beer. Um, Sally, what you got over there, girl? So I found some coconut tequila in my refrigerator and I found some kind of fruity drink. And I mixed it together for two parts tequila, half a part of fruity drink. And I'm having a good old time. Ooh, that sounds really good. I'm going to have to have you make that for me next time. But we also have our very special guest today who will be joining us for our game. We have Gina Deuced Franson. She is influencer extraordinaire, journalist, digital content creator. Gina girl, say what's up to the people. Hello, hello. Thank you guys so much for bringing me on and especially for your finale of the first season. Wow, that's a big one. Girl, you finale worthy. So tell us what cocktail you have over there. Oh, I am sipping on some white wine, Sauvignon Blanc. And I was telling uh, your girl earlier that I like to chill my wine glasses in the freezer for a few minutes before I pour that white in. Ooh, that's a nice tip. We will need to write that down. 100%. And Sally, you know what time it is. Let's jump into this game. It's game time. So for our game today, we're actually really excited to have Gina on board for this because I really want to know her thoughts on this particular topic. On an earlier episode, we talked to you friends about this new show coming out on HBO Max called F-Boy Island. And it got us to thinking, hmm, what are some signs of a fuckboy? So what are some signs that you should be aware of? Some red flags you should be knocking out your way? Or maybe something that you experienced that later on you were like, damn, girl, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> um, do I get to go for it? Oh, yeah. So, we, I mean, before Gina gives us her signs, she is very happily married with a cute little baby boy. But, you know, before that marriage <laughs> stage, I mean, have you experienced any fuck boys? Because I know I have. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been there before. <laughs> OK, I'm not the only one, but yeah. I'm there right now. So Gina, tell the people, what were some signs when you were out in the dating scene in the dating pool before you got your happily ever after? What were some things that we should have been watching out for? It's so crazy because I did all my stuff before dating apps became like a big thing. (laughs) And I can't even imagine how scary and untrustworthy and, and, and what kind of things come from it. But I do have to say, I've also heard incredible love stories formed through it. But I think first and foremost, the first obvious sign of a fuckboy is somebody that spits empty promises at you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
You know what I mean? The type that comes swoops in and they think that they can just like smooth talk you right away, tell you that they love you, tell you they want to take you out on travels, that they have hookups on these islands and things like that. Like, come on, girl. No guy is ever going to come to you, do that or say that to you and then do that. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing that grows. Relationships grow over time. And so do adventures and fun travels and all that stuff. And on strong early right yes 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 okay well you know i think another sign is when they say i'm changed man (laughs) what was you doing before so you was hoeing all around town now suddenly you were changing (laughs) but then you know after we hook up they're not gonna hear from you no more Mm, that's a sign that's a sign and i'm supposed to believe that you're gonna be a change man for me just off top because we just met because you think i'm so great yeah get the hell out of here i'm telling you empty promises so what about, you know, never calling? They always got the text on ready, ready, but you can't call. Mm. Mm. And if mm. you try to FaceTime them, it goes. <laughs> oh, that means they're with their family. OK. Mm. Or they're with another jump off that don't need to know about you. It seems like so much work to have a side chick. It just seems like so much work to hide your your calls, your texts, all these things. Who has time for that? That's the only time they're actually truly ever working. And they don't fully commit to one person. That's how they have all of these side chicks. So for them, it's like, okay, if I'm a lazy fuckboy, then, you know, I'm, I'm one full complete man to all of them. Maybe. You know what I mean? Hmm. Anything else, Sally? How about, oh, this is one of my favorites. And this one, this is the one that you really need to watch out for. If they quote, idolize, or in any way, shape, or form, stand for future, girl, run. You need to run. Oh, no. (laughs) It's a no for me. Oh, my God. Or they don't like to label things. You're like, oh, so what are we? They're like, oh, why do you have to rush? Why do we have to put a label on everything? Why can't we just do us and then yep. whatever happens happens mm. I, I like this thing we got here let's keep it between us mm. that's f boy but i will say that in the preview for this show one of the girls said "Ooh, he looked like he's gonna ruin my life i know we've all been there Ooh. those are the ones that sometimes worth it you like you know what i know you're f boy but you might be worth it though oh i like those that's literally <laughs> me on dating apps right now you're about to ruin my whole year. But I think I'm going to take that chance. You know? Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at the show. It's uh, it's quite interesting. Three women, 24 men. Uh, hello. Yeah. So they have to figure out who's really there for love and who's a fuckboy. So, mm. I mean, the only thing that I like about this is that the men are outnumbering the women. And so the women get to choose. And I like that. Yeah. I'm all for women taking back the power. Yes. Yeah. We always hold the power. Absolutely. We we do. We always hold the power. Well said. Okay. So now done with the fun and the games, let's head right into this amazing interview and get to know a little bit more about Gina. So first and foremost, girl, where can the people find you? You know, I'm most active on my Instagram platform. So my, my handle is at what the deuce and my website is what the deuce.com. So deuce is my last name. It also means love and friend and like Persian, Arabic, Afghani, Dari, like a lot of brown people language. So I always say, you know, like if you meet a brown person, extend a hand, you know, to let them know that you're a deuce you're a friend or that you do some, which means you love them. But yeah, on my page, you'll find day to day activities that I do a little bit of family now that I have a little son. 
a little bit of fashion, lots of social justice, lots of everyday things and travel. Okay, I love that you said brown people language. I'm (laughs) going to need to, you know, use that term. Love it. (laughs) And, you know, I've been knowing you for a minute, Gina, but it's so funny when you have friends, you don't know what they do in their day to day all the time. You know what I'm saying? We get together, we have <laughs> drinks, brunches, you know, back in the day when we used to party, all that. But you are obviously well known for all of the influencer work that you just mentioned. But how did you get started in this industry? Um, so I started about 10 years ago. I studied journalism out in California. And that degree um, and a whole lot of balls brought me over to New York. I figured once I graduated university, I wanted to be amongst the people that make the decisions, the executives of company. LA is a great scene for the Hollywood industry, but that wasn't my path. So I wanted to be an early riser. I wanted to be here with the New Yorkers. And I took that degree. I came to New York. And within the third day, I managed to land a um, interview with lovely people at CBS. And then within the fifth day, I went in, I locked it down. They gave me a month to, you know, get settled, find a place and all. And I spent about two, two and a half years as a story coordinator, which basically meant I was the middle person setting up all the new stuff you see on on CBS. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. it. We were a small team, but we just made sure that what was happening in the world was being broadcasted on your telly. I did that for about two and a half years. In the midst of that, I kind of started blogging on the side. And I had an anonymous blog back then because I was under contract. It was called Yours Truly, Lady G. I was so lonely. I mean, I had just moved to New York. So all I really had was time to explore the city and to go to my job in a way to like disconnect myself from that news world because sometimes... I had to cover politics. Other times I had to cover breaking news. It takes a lot out of you. So I started writing about inspirational quotes, things that I like, things that brought me joy and things to do around New York City. And I want to say within the first six months, it was really just me. It's as if I had a secret diary online (laughs) that nobody knew of but me. I think it was like the fourth or fifth month in, I started receiving um, emails from girls around the world, places I didn't even know existed. And and I find myself very cultural, well-rounded. I've traveled a lot. But these were like small towns in, in the Middle East and small towns in rural America that were just, I was like, wait, what? You're you're reading my words and you're writing in? That's so cool. And it kind of just expanded from there. I, I, I took what I had to my now husband back then. He's my really good friend, my best friend. And he's kind of like a marketing genius, marketing guru. And he helped me rebrand to what the deuce to put my my face to the site. And that's what it was for a really long time. It was just me blogging until social media picked up. And now you have the world of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and TikTok and all that. (laughs) Okay, Lady G. <laughs> Running things on the third day at CBS. I think what you do. And in less than a year, turning up a home brand. I love to see it. Um, so Sel, you have any more questions for this girl about her inspirations? Cause she's making me feel great. First of all, what I really love is that 
from what I've gathered here is Gina is all about her research and gathering the receipts. Yes, receipts. In the messy, loving of the housewife drama that me and Treva live in, this is definitely the type of friend that you want in your circle because you never know when you need those receipts. (laughs) You know what? Gina will be perfect begged on housewives of yes York. you know we can get rid of ebony um ramona's gonna be too old at this point like i like ramona but it's like no 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 no. so if we could bring it in a younger cast you can set leah straight gina like i know you're all about the positive but somebody needs to tell leah like honey no maybe we'll keep ebony so you all can and you will have a blast with sonia so <laughs> yeah, like and it. then treva this will be our in to sonia we got to write to Andy. We got to let Bravo know. Yes. Um, get your girl Gina, Miss Lady G, <laughs> in the house. Okay. I love this. And you know, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. But in addition to all of this, you're in this industry. You pretty much are now starting this process of you've created a brand. You've created your own business. There's a lot that goes from starting it off as a blog to now creating the empire that you are building, you and your family together. What has that process been like going from Lady G to now what the deuce? You know, I think it has a lot to do with my perspective. And it's only been recently that I start wondering, like, how come other people don't see things the way I do? Ever since I was a kid, the only like way I've seen life is to follow your dreams, to live your passion, to find that, to pursue it. And I've come to realize, especially during the pandemic, there's a lot of people out there that do not see the world that way. They go to their nine to five, they work for somebody else, and they make things happen because they think that they're forced to, whether it's for insurance purposes, whether they have family to feed. I guess I got lucky where I was able to pursue my dreams before I had a baby. I don't know. It's just, it's it's made all the difference. Seeing my goal and realizing that, I had to create a vehicle to get there. And I made that vehicle be my blog. It was a place where I had full control. Nobody could tell me what to do. Nobody could tell me what to write. Hey, if I misspelled something and I wanted it that way, it was all up to me. And I love that. I I guess because I worked for big companies like CBS and Penguin Random House and where they have a criteria for almost everything you do, it felt really liberating to speak my mind, to speak my truth without being pigeonholed, without being held down. And I think before social media came into the picture, that's what my blog allowed me to do. I still think like if I just help enough people reach their goals and their dreams, that mine will come true along the way. I have to say most of my success has been just been because of word of mouth. People really enjoy working with me and I bring results. Um, Okay, girl, I I bring results. You can have that on your business card, girl. I like that. Well, when I um, started, that when social media became what it was, um, I found tools that married the SEO aspect the social aspect and the blog aspect together. I built a small team. I'm still building my team. But I I started developing, basically, like I created this brand for myself. And these other companies were coming to me asking me, hey, you did that for you. Can you do that for me? That's been the base of my empire. I never advertise it. I don't even think Treva knows that I do this. (laughs) Treva is one of my closest friends. I don't know, but you're always a secret girl. You always be popping things out and be like, hey, I'm, I don't know, meeting the president tomorrow. I'm like, all right. That's very on brand for for Gina. So, okay. 
in some ways, I like to refer to myself as the social media witch. <laughs> Whatever is working for you is uh, amazing. Thank so you. I'm glad that you basically talk about this strength that you have because a lot of people have fear, right? And fear is what keeps them, most people, because I'm not trying to pigeonhole those people who love working their nine to five and love working for someone else. A lot of people do want to branch out the way you have, but they're afraid, you know, that fear. And yes, it may be about, you know, finances, et cetera, but it's really giving you like that strength to move on and start your own thing. So as, you know, the pandemic, which we've all kind of uh, have exited slash still in, um, you became a home mother over here. So how did that impact your journey and your process in your brand? You know, like, did you just nicely transition into sort of, you know, like mommy influencing or like how has adorable little Jordan just like changed the game and your brand? The pandemic was really tough on me because I gave birth March 4th, just two days before I even left the hospital, everything shut down, everything like the whole world was in just in chaos because they didn't know what this what this virus was and what it could do to you. I mean, guys, you remember, like, even when I would check the mail, I'd have to come home and shower, take everything off, like wiped out everything. Like, what is this? Yes, but I do want to shout out Pisces season. But yes, that's she was little Zodiac buddy. That That's it. I love it. I love me a good Pisces. My brother is a Pisces and we're like the closest. So I feel very blessed that my son became a Pisces because I feel like, OK, I got this. I know this personality. I know this like child. I can raise it. <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like, we see each other. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have never had a negative experience with a Pisces. That's all I'm saying. I can't say the same <laughs> about certain other signs out here in the world. But sorry, not to derail the year 2020 when literally shit shut down the moments where i've been the lowest moments where i felt the most pain that i was able to rise from and be better and get to the next level if i if it wasn't for the pain that trials the tribulations that were like thrown into my path i would not be here talking about my success so i think it's very important that people normalize that and see that and value it Yeah, the pandemic was tough. And I had just become a new mom, people were stealing all of our diapers, all of the food that like was coming in. And we have a good security system in our building. So it was just so crazy. But like, like, I remember the 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 third day of the pandemic trying to go to three different CVSs and three different Dwayne Reeds and then to Target to find newborn diapers. And nothing nothing, nothing was available. Our, my husband's family from Atlanta had to like ship us diapers because we couldn't get any here. <laughs> it was insane. But Not the baby's diapers. I mean, right? you got to get creative. <laughs> right? That's <laughs> because people were running out of toilet paper and using the diapers as makeshift toilet paper. That's terrible. You think so? Oh my God. That, I mean, I hope whoever stole those boxes had a baby in need as well. I like that. Oh, day that's I- nice of you. I'm be like, I hope you have violet diarrhea. <laughs> that part and not to use them but just because i'm going to wish not so well on you because yep. you screwed me 
I hope you have violent diarrhea and you never get to the toilet paper <laughs> or the diaper in time to be able to take care of your violent diarrhea for stealing from my baby. Yeah, Sally yeah, and I, I have a shady, you know, looking at things. Gina's you all know, I didn't even think about it, like, being used as toilet paper instead. I really just hope it went to a family in need. But, I like, I have to add, that same day, like, I remember I had a breakdown in, in the aisle seven of CVS and I was just like crying because I can't buy diapers and I come home and there's a huge box from Honest Company. I don't even know how they got my address, but they had all the diapers, all the wipes, all the essentials I needed to last me for the next three months. And And I thank the universe every day for that. All right. That was such a great interview with our girl, Gina. Make sure to get on her socials because she's always doing the damn thing. And let's jump into what the fuck news. It's going to be our last what the F news for this season. But you know what? I hate when they hate on us just for being great. Because Megan Kelly got some explaining to do. She's coming off after Naomi Osaka has covered Sports Illustrated in a beautiful spread for the 2021 swimsuit issue. She is one of three people on three different covers. There was also Megan Thee Stallion and model Lena Bloom. So on her cover, she put on the socials and she let everybody know how excited she was to be the first Haitian and Asian woman on the cover and then here go this hating ass megan what did this megan do or should i say karen Hmm. Mm, yeah that part she definitely needs to change her name to karen because all she ever does is hate on women especially women of color not only was this megan kelly but additional conservative sports analyst clay travis had the nerve to jump on social media jumping down naomi osaka's throat claiming that oh so your mental health was too much for you to talk to reporters while you're playing tennis or after a tennis match but it's perfectly fine for you to step out on the covers of magazines the math ain't mathin and this is basically because she has an interview in sports illustrated and we all know that she pulled herself out of some really big tennis tournaments due to her not wanting to continue on with interviews after her sports game and basically they had to say that we're going to fine you if you don't do the interview so she has really bad mental health anxieties around interviews and they were coming for her for this but our girl clapped back because you know hmm brown and asian we becoming people of color don't come for us unless we send for you so what did naomi do to snatch all of megan's little nasty edges she got this girl all the way together in a now deleted tweet which i was kind of upset about because i feel like she could have kept the tweet up there but she said seeing as you're a journalist i would have assumed you would take the time to research what the lead times are for magazines if you did that you would have found out i shot all of my covers last year instead your first reaction is to hop on here and spew negativity do better megan the best mic drop about this is that she definitely misspelled that girl's name I mean, because if Megan want to come for people, she's not even going to take the time to really care who you are. But you definitely know who she is, Megan. But the thing was, is that Megan Kelly did not stop after that. Naomi Osaka clearly explained herself, even though she did not have to. And Megan then went on to show that Naomi blocked her. And so she's saying, okay, so I guess you really just don't like to answer questions. Right. You're so rude. And this is not the first time she's come after a woman of color who's very successful. Megan, 
figure out your life, stop hating on others, especially women, especially women of color. And if you have nothing good to say, then bitch gone. And my thing is just like, okay, so even if she had done the covers of these magazines around the same time that she did not want to speak to reporters after her tennis matches, so the fuck what? These two things are not one and the same. In one instance, you are talking about a prepared interview where she had time to plan and coordinate, whereas the other one is a whole bunch of vultures coming at you just as you're fresh off of the court. It is perfectly reasonable for you to have completely different contexts in settings that deal with similar things, but occur in different ways. Like, what the fuck? Absolutely. Very true. And also, you can't tell someone what makes them go off. You can't tell someone what Mm -hmm. men mentally makes them break down what mentally makes them a certain way so fuck all the way off megan and now let's move on to crazy ass texas because you know they always doing some shit texas senate passes a bill that they will no longer require schools to teach that the kkk is morally wrong so what oh hell no and yet another what the fuck is going on in texas the texas senate has voted to ask requirements that public schools teach certain materials about the kkk the civil rights movement and women's suffrage in an effort to keep people from knowing the truth about what's really going on out in these streets and understanding history uh, students will no longer be required to discuss or learn dr martin luther king's i have a dream speech they will no longer be requiring teachers to teach about Native American history. So, you know, the real Americans that was already here before you pilgrims came here and plimaged and plundered and did what y'all did. And students will also not be required to learn about Susan B. Anthony and her contributions to women's suffrage. Basically, Texas is just trying to take the Handmaid's Tale and make it real life because what the hell, man? You're doing this as an attack against what you claim to be critical race theory that presents white supremacy, which, spoiler alert, that's exactly what it is, especially when you're trying to erase entire aspects of history like the math ain't mathin'. Yeah, the thing that's really disheartening about this is that a lot of parents do not have the time to, you know, go over with their children what they learned in school. So what you're learning in school as a student is truly most of the time what you know. Yes, it is sad, but there are a lot of people who had no clue what Juneteenth was until it recently became a national holiday. And these are things that, again, were not taught in school, in some schools. So if parents have the time and really educate themselves and then educate their children and let them know, you know what, you have to do well on this test. But let me also tell you about, you know, our history or this history or that history. Mm -hmm. It's a really good thing to think about how you want your children or your family members, et cetera, to remember what this world is really about. And ain't nobody surprised that Texas is doing that because it ain't a bunch of just all white men sitting around saying, let's try to ha ha. Fuck shit up. In more unfortunate news, we must say R.I.P. to a huge hip hop pioneer and DJ, Biz Marquee. Yes, he had been dealing with diabetes complications for many years, and he recently passed away at the age of 57. He had his family by his side, and we are always going to remember him for being the dope ass rapper extraordinaire in the hip hop and music world. And you know what? We're going to love on his hits like Just a Friend and so many others. You got what I need, but you say he just a friend, and you say he just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need. 
And now for that. Regular, regular, regular news. So in this final segment of this season's regular, regular news, uh, you know, we have to really give it up to New York mayoral candidate Eric Adams, who is out here saying to the young people, if I make you a promise, I'm going to keep it. Let's just clap on that for a sec. Okay. Okay. So Eric Adams, uh, while he was on the campaign trail, ran into some youth and wanted to know their thoughts on the Democratic election, how they feel about politicians. And the youth told them, honestly, we feel like we can't trust politicians because they don't keep the promises that they make. And Eric Adams says, you know what? If I win the New York City primary for the mayoral race, I will pierce my ear. And sure enough, we don't see him piercing his ear after he won the New York City mayoral candidacy. Treva, what are your thoughts on this and his cool new look? Well, you know what? He did it tastefully. He did one ear. It's nothing too big, too crazy. But I love that he kept his word. And that is one thing about these politicians. You know, stand behind what you say. Don't just say anything to get us on your side. And then, of course, when you get that ticket, when you are in that seat, you forget all about that shit and you try to please the people around you and not the people who fought for you. So I'm glad that he's telling the young people, you know what? I came from hard times and I'm going to make some changes. So I'm here for it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? You're looking good with your little earring. It's a nice touch. And I'm, I'm happy that he's not a liar like the rest of them out here. Yeah, you know, I thought it was nice and cute. He kept it really fresh. I, I think it's a good look for him. But, you know, honestly, there's it's a big difference between keeping a promise to pierce your ear and keeping a promise to completely revamp New York City policing and everything that comes with it. So I hope that he keeps that same energy when it comes to policy like he did with that ear piercing. Well, you know what? It's a start, right? So let's hope again. You're right that he keeps his word. Speaking about keeping your word and keeping it all the way real for your colleagues and friends and mothers around you, Allison Felix is paying $200,000, you heard me, $200,000 in daycare for other Olympic bombs as they compete in the Tokyo Games coming up this week. So she partnered with Athleta, the Women's Sports Foundation, as a six-time gold medalist. Allison Felix is like, you know what, I'm going to help others. So she got over $200,000 in grants to help other professional athletes who are mothers because childcare is expensive. And, you know, they are out there way before the games start for the Olympics. Okay. And their children, they can't just leave them with anyone. You can, but you might regret it later. So I'm glad that she's trying to help all of the other mothers and athletes out there. Make it history. This is very important to her. And in a statement she put out, she says that as a mom and athlete, I know firsthand the obstacles women face in sports. It was important to me and to Athleta that our partnership reflects that I am more than just an athlete. In fact, part of my contract includes provisions for my daughter, Cameron, to join me whenever I am competing. But not everyone has access to this type of support from a partner or sponsor. Truer words have never been spoken. And you know what? I really appreciate the fact that she's not just looking out for herself. She's looking out for others. And Tree, you hit the nail right on the head. Like these athletes under normal circumstances already have to be there super early. But now because of COVID, adding in all the quarantine rules, which, you know, apparently have not been working that well because athletes is out here and workers is out here getting COVID still. But I really appreciate the fact that she is going to these lengths to help out these mothers. But you know what? I do have one question that's nagging me. What's that? Why are the Olympic Games not already providing for childcare if a good portion of these athletes are women and men with families 
who like to bring their families with them. So uh, Olympics, what's up with that? Well, that's not a part of the Olympics. Again, that's a part of your sponsor, who you're running for and how great of an athlete, truly. And most of the people who are parents, I mean, you know, of course, fathers, unfortunately, they don't have to worry about that. But if they would like to have their children there, it's sometimes got to be on their own dime. And if people who are athletes, they usually become parents a little bit later in their athletic career as mothers anyway, as the women have to think about it. But I just want to say, I think Alison Felix is a really stand up woman because she's better than me. I would not be shelling out that much money for my coworkers. I don't like them that much. Just saying. You're right. You're right. Just saying. So she's a good woman. Go ahead, girl. And I hope you bring home the gold. For this episode's BAN of the week, because of course, sometimes bitch assness just, you know, we really need to call you out. So mm, once again, Safari, you got to do better, sir. You decided to get married and have children. You had one child and you said you wanted another. And then before the second child came, you said on national TV on Love and Hip Hop, that you didn't realize how hard it was going to be being a father. Well, yes. How about how much harder it is birthing that child, especially when your child is premature. So Safari was there when his son, legend Brian Samuels, was born. And unfortunately, his son was born early. So their kid was in the NICU. And he went off to Jamaica to go party and celebrate his birthday, leaving his wife, even though they're strange right now and supposedly going through a divorce, left his wife and premature child in the NICU to go party it up for his birthday? Really? I mean, how many different levels of a bitch do you have to be to do this to your newborn baby who is struggling in the NICU? It's already hard enough having to deal with labor. Now you're talking about dealing with labor amidst COVID. So there's that of it all. Your child is now born premature. You cannot take your child home because he has to stay in the NICU pending to make sure that he's actually strong enough to leave the hospital to be at home. And now all of these other things that you have to worry about, oh my God, is this going to affect his development? What's going to happen? How am I going to handle this? Like, It's really that important for you to be going thunderclapping around Jamaica that you couldn't even postpone your birthday trip for a few months. And sir, it's Kobe. You shouldn't be traveling like that anyway. Sounds about right. All very good points. And you forgot one major thing. You left your wife. She is still legally your Mm. wife to deal with this on her own. And she was open about how hard this was for her on the socials. You know, she put up a very long post saying the few people that did, you know, reach out to her that have been there for her and the other people that keep asking her how she is. And she's just not ready to talk. And it makes her feel worse. And she's going through all the emotions and she's actually really depressed. So the fact that you guys are going through a divorce, this would have been a really good time to mend that relationship, you know, bring your family together and be there for your wife who just had your child. In addition to this, you know, the tea just keeps getting hotter and hotter. In addition to this, Safari Samuels has filed documents against Erica Mena in court, alleging that she damaged over $50,000 worth of his property. I'm not saying she did. I'm not saying she didn't. But I understand. Allegedly, there's, you know, video of some sort showing this, that she damaged his motorcycles, which he apparently cares more about than his children. But 
Um, do you blame her? She had every right to because you weren't there for her and your children that you share together. So if you're not there and something just happens to, you know, get a little scratch over here, a little busted tire, a little break off the mirror. Yeah, I did that. And if you sue me, oh, you're even more of a B.A.N. than we thought. Period. Ooh. And yes, it's that time again. Baby, we winning. In this segment of We Winning, we want to give all the claps and snaps to Karuchi Tran after she wins her first Emmy. She went from stylist to Emmy winner. You go ahead, girl. Look at you. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we here. She won the award for Outstanding Performance by a Lead Actress in a Daytime Fiction Program at the 2021 Daytime Emmy Awards for her performance as Vivian Johnson Garrett on Pop Star TV's The Bay. Being of African-American and Vietnamese heritage, it was an epic win. She's the first Asian and Pacific Islander to win a Daytime or Primetime Emmy for Lead Actress. Okay, girl. I'm so happy for her. And I'm really glad that, you know, whenever I heard her name, I only thought of, okay, that's Chris Brown's ex. Then she dated Victor Cruz. And although I really love them as a couple and I'm sad that they're not together, then I started thinking of her like, okay, that's Victor Cruz's ex. And I knew that she had done some acting here and there. I never watched Claws, but she's been in a few other things. She that was I cool have on Claws. I liked her on that. And I'm just like, I am so glad that she built herself up. And now, listen, this is all you, girl. You did the damn thing. And I am going to be like, oh, okay, that's Karuchi Tran Emmy winner. I no longer have to think about, oh, you were a stylist. You dated so-and-so. No, you have your own career. You worked your ass off. And now you can celebrate. Go ahead, girl, with that Emmy. And, you know, the fact that she is both of African-American and Vietnamese descent and recognizes both aspects of her heritage at now such a pivotal moment that we are experiencing in society for both of these two backgrounds is truly amazing. So you do you, girl. And in more we winning, Nicole Hannah-Jones and Tanisi Coates will be joining the faculty over at Howard. Big claps all around. This is a pretty big deal, considering that Hannah Jones declined her position at UNC after UNC denied her tenure following the controversy over her 1619 project. UNC ended up facing a lot of backlash, obviously, because what the hell? And they announced her tenured position. But Nicole Hannah Jones said, you know what? You may want to give me this tenure position now, but I'm good on y'all. I'm out. And will now be joining Howard as the inaugural night chair in race and reporting and will establish the Center for Journalism and Democracy at Howard. I love to see this all claps to the both of them. But it is so good when someone tries to, you know, quiet your voice mm -hmm. and try to take away from you what you are like. No, I'm proud to talk about this. I'm proud to do this work. And this is who I am. Then they try to backtrack and be like, oh, you know what? You could come over here. No, uh, there's always going to be my lane. And if it's not over here anymore, another damn door will open. So I'm very happy for that. Yeah, I really like that. I really like the way that she hit them with the Braxton skirt, skirt. I don't need y'all. And guess what? I'm going to do me somewhere else where I can be appreciated. Uh, everyone should be taking a page out of Nicole Hannah Jones's book because she said, you don't want me. Guess what? Now it is I that does not want you. Now you must suffer. And now everyone knows about them too. So hopefully, you know, they get some backlash, some more backlash for that. Mm-hmm. 
And we're back with Gina Deuce, who is here to share all of her positive good vibes and give us some good tidbits on starting our own brand. Yes, we are back with our girl, Gina, who's always winning. Well, you seem very intentional about giving back to the community. So tell us about some of the volunteer work that you do and who you work with and how you just love to give back, how that really fits into the whole Gina empire. I really believe in the notion of putting goodness out there. I believe it comes back to you in different forms. You know, if I extend a hand to my neighbor next door to me, my neighbor upstairs might bring you joy in some other ways. That's so sweet. Oh, that's sweet. You said bringing joy to a neighbor. That is nice. I like that. (laughs) I need to be more like Gina. You making Sally a nice person. I'm not saying that you're not nice, girl. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I know what I am. I know what I am. You're making me want to go outside and say hi to my neighbors now. Oh, you should. It's crazy. One thing I love about New York City, and I don't think I can ever find this anywhere outside of a big city, is just the random acts of kindness you see from strangers in your everyday. Whether someone's greeting you hello or opening the door for you or, you know, stepping aside while you're trying to rush someplace. Like, it's just it's so small little things. If you if you just I don't know, sometimes I collect those throughout my day and it makes me feel really good. Gina must not be talking about the broken part of New York City because I've never experienced that. <laughs> no, Gina used to live in Brooklyn. No, I did. I did. I a Brooklyn spot girl. She was a Brooklyn girl for a little bit. I was. I was even on, in Harlem. Yes. Called Jesus sometimes coming home late at work because it was like from work. And I was like, I, I need someone on the phone. People are howling at me. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, no, you stand your stance. You're like, nope, I no, got you're, this. You're damn if you do. And you're damn if you if you answer them, they come after you. If you don't, they cuss you out. And I wish they would come after me because they're going to be in for a really <laughs> unpleasant surprise. <laughs> oh. Oh, but uh, Sully heard a message from a little birdie. What's that? Oh, yeah. So a little birdie has told us, Gina, out in the world, in the hemisphere, on top of all of the other wonderful, amazing projects that you do, you are in the works of putting together uh, your writer's hat and becoming an author. Can you tell us more about this? What is the book about? What are you doing? What can it come out? When can I put it into my local bookstore shopping cart? (laughs) <laughs> I'm so excited for this. So this is one of the things that happened during the pandemic. It kind of like, you know, while a lot of people were thriving with creating content, I was diagnosed with mild um, depression after I had my baby. I was all alone. That is terrible. But I'm glad you're bringing this up. Thank you. Me per se, like you said before, most of my clients are in, in, in the luxury um, field, which is hospitality. I, I I manage a lot of um, social media accounts for luxury hotels and restaurants. That was one of the first things to go. So here I am, a new mom, a new apartment in in New York City, and I lost all my clients. (laughs) Or at least, you know, they say furloughed, right? They put it on pause. That industry took a huge hit, and so did many others. But like the, the hospitality industry, I mean, 2020 was no bueno. Before that, I got my dream job. I got approved as one out of seven Hyatt photographers worldwide. Yes, I remember. I worked with you on a little something. Oh, yes. And you're going to keep working with me on that one. (laughs) Snaps and claps for that because that is a major, major deal. 
their plan was for me to like, after, you know, I waited like three, four months, I was comfortable enough to say, I'll travel with my newborn, I'll travel with my husband, we'll stay at these hotels, their boutique hotels. Hyatt has bought so many boutique hotels all around the world. And they don't want to mention them as Hyatt, they want to keep the boutique identity. So my job was to go and photograph all these people that they could use for marketing website, whatever purposes. And I had even secured a deal with an airline company to do that, to be able to just travel with my family and take photos. And that was like my dream. <laughs> but well, because the dream of- is not over. It's going to happen. Yeah. Things open. It's going to come right back. In absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like in a lot of ways, I was so lucky that nobody too close to me passed away. I know a lot of people went through terrible things. And, you know, for me, like, if the worst was not seeing family, like I'm lucky enough that I had a time period to, to see them sometime in the future, whereas a lot of people didn't get that chance. Very true. I have to be thankful for that. So yes, I had my downfall, then I had a little bit of depression. And I was trying to rearrange myself and figure out like, what's the next move for me, right? Maybe in some ways, I needed to rest. I don't think I fully understood the capacity of what giving birth does to your body. Mm -hmm. I don't think they let you know how crucial the recovery phase is. I mean, how could I not even think about that, right? Like you're tearing your vagina open. Of course, recovery is important. But I think we were so wrapped up in the frou-frou of pregnancy and the parties and the cute clothes and all that stuff. I mean, it's a huge, exciting change in life. So I feel like in some ways, now you're able to reflect and see that this was a complete overhaul and change. Like, yes okay, you lost yeah. your clients, but you're going to get them back. But you had this time to spend with your family. Like you wouldn't probably have had all of that time, right? Not at all. Like I can't imagine not being there for every moment the first year. And I got the luxury to do that. And that's huge. I am so thankful. I can look back at it now and realize like, wow, like that was amazing. And now that things are picking back up and our clients are reopening and that's also an exciting time. And my kid runs around, which is like, it's phenomenal. But the pandemic is what pursued me into really digging in deep and and having to resolve a lot of inner battles, issues, traits, memories that I didn't want to accept. I didn't want to face. I feel like the darkness of the pandemic made me have to face them. But through that, I found this beautiful story that's worth telling. And um, I I have to add, after CBS, I went on to work as an ebook editor at Penguin Random House. I joined their team when there was Random House. And then within that year, uh, they bought Penguin and we merged. But what I did for that company was I was in charge of their A-list celebrity like authors. Okay, A-list. Yeah, it was like insane, the books that I was reading. I was reading three to five books a day. And my part of the edits was really transitioning it from a hard copy to digital, something that people can put on their Kindles and other formats. So I wrote the style and rule guidebook, whatever you want to call it, for that for Penguin Random House. But while I was reading all these interesting stories, I started to pick up on formats. I started to pick up on interesting things that these authors all had in common. It just 
it's a very conversational voice that they put out there, right? Like when you read a book, you want to feel like someone's talking to you. Just like when you listen to a podcast. I think that's why my son loves your podcast so much. Thank you. I swear, it's the only podcast I can put on that he'll like sit to and listen. Even if I put my own podcast on, he'll hit the next button. It's very funny. Oh. <laughs> because me, me and Jordan, we hear it's that Pisces connection. We you do. You oh. do. <laughs> this is honestly the best review we could ever get. Because if there's one right? thing that kids are, it is honest honey they will tell you when they like something and they will tell you when it is a no and they're so good at picking up vibes they see they they see so clear but i love that you were able to get paid to read which i feel like is the best thing ever you were able to find these trends and find a real zeitgeist and just say like hey this is the next thing that's happening i can transition that to work for myself i feel like that's so awesome but what i love most about this is you're not just working for the money you're making the money work for you and taking all of these skills here and there that would normally cost a whole bunch girl that's a word you better say that again (laughs) you are not only working for the money you are making the money work for you so that you can build this empire and this business i'm over here taking notes because i need to do the deuced way i love that deuced way i love that the deuced way we're over here collaborating and innovating and shit together child i'm a whole new person after this interview and i talk to gina all the time basically so while you are doing all these projects and you know one day at a time single-handedly taking over the world how do you really find time for your work life mommy wife balance and being a great friend also, because... Oh, that's true. That takes time. Friend, a uh, daughter, a sibling. You're doing all the things. How do you have time for that? Oh, man. How do I? If anybody tells you that they have balance in all aspects, they're lying to you. That's bullshit. That's a fuck boy. <laughs> oh, I love that. We got <laughs> like that. Because that's true. Like, don't have everything's perfect. But find the positive in what's not, you know? You know, some days, like... I don't feel my best and that's okay. And some days I thrive and that's okay. I found that I shouldn't be hard on myself when I don't follow through all the way. When it comes to work, I have to give myself some sort of deadline. You always have to be willing to get advice, to get help. I mean, there's so much to a business that you have to start getting comfortable to hire out, like share the wealth, right? If I'm getting paid from a client to do A, B, and C, and I know that I need help in this field and that field, reach out to your groups, reach out to your industry people, get that. Um, As far as like mommying goes, I, you know, in every field, I always wish I could do more, but you do the best you can. And, and the best part of it is that you have a lifetime to go. Like if I don't finish something today, I have tomorrow, I have the next day, hopefully, you know, God willing, but I have that luxury to think that I do. And I think that makes a big difference. I wish I was a better friend. I wish I was the type that, you know, Triva and I, we have this friend, Wawa, even her sister, Gigi, they are so incredibly good at putting things together. And they are so thoughtful. Like, they're just like, powerhouse. Oh, that's just powerhouse. I will, I will forget my own anniversary and they will message me. And I'm like, oh, that's a sign. I gotta, I gotta message my husband. <laughs> yeah, they're those type of people. But it's good because that's the type of people that you want around you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Attract and people I- like yourself. They just bring out different, you know, pockets of you, but you're similar in that same way. 
Thank you. You know, like with my work um, in the beginning, it's really important to mention like one of the reasons I'm so successful is because I said no a lot. Like big brands like Walmart, Best Buy and things like that were trying to come to me to like work with them. And my husband made me say no. He didn't let me sell out for money. And he made sure that the people I worked with that I aligned myself with were really on my level. That's why we went luxury. It took a lot of knows to get here but after what is it eight nine years like we made it work that's leveling up okay this is where we cue sierra level up <laughs> but there's power in that there's power in saying no and same with friends i think that with the early days of the pandemic i became really unreachable and unattainable and i found that the people that I keep in my life has to be worth value, just like my clients do. So I started becoming, uh, I started keeping to myself more, but just because I was growing, you know, I started thinking of me more just because I needed to and my son and my husband, but honestly, I couldn't do it without them. So I think maybe that's my secret. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. And I think there's a lot to also be said with the type of energy that you attract, because the people who are meant to be in your life, they are going to be in your life regardless of what all you have going on. So it's like they say, you know, people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And those who are meant to be permanent fixtures are going to understand when you have other things in the works and when you also need to protect your energy and your mental so that you can be your best. Cause we're not always at a hundred all the time. It's impossible. You can't. And anyone who says that they are is like you said, it's a fuckboy full of shit. Like that just doesn't happen. But I also like what you say about being able to say no to projects. That's definitely something that I would like your help with. Cause my problem is a project comes my way and I will say yes because I feel like if I'm not doing, 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 then I'm not being productive, but then I'm doing, 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 and nothing ever gets done. Well, that's girl, because you know, you Caribbean, we Caribbean, it's <laughs> in our blood. We got to have 1500 jobs to feel like we are okay. This is true. We can't help it. We can blame our parents for that. But yes, <laughs> definitely help you out with saying, uh, yeah. no. Yeah, it was really hard for me. And I think maybe that's where my husband steps in. Like he's, you know, he has a European white boy background. <laughs> Let's be real. He uh, just established this, this wonderful notion of seeing a company's worth in different ways. Like if a company comes to you and they say they want to work with you, it's your job to research them. I don't care how long it takes you. I don't care how many routes you have to go. Thankfully, you don't have to go to a library and look things up and find books and addresses and all that stuff like they did 20 years ago. Oh, no, not a library. <laughs> but he was really good. Like one of the first things he does is he looks at the value of the company. And so many times companies will approach you acting like they don't have a big budget when they just got funded. So it's really important for you to do your homework and know who the investors are, what this company is about, who the employees are, what do they stand for? 10 years from now, ask yourself, would you be proud to represent this company? Would you be proud that your name is associated with them? You have to think of, of these things like way in advance. And my husband's really good at that. Ooh, girl. <laughs> I love all this. 
we you dropping some serious gems. But you know, I also did some investigative journalism, so like that also comes in handy. And you have platforms you can use there that um, give you background checks. No, this is true. You can run a background check on just about anyone for nine ninety five. So I hate. Damn, there you go. There you go. But I think that's really important when projects come your way, like always value quality over quantity, always. And trust me, like there were days where I couldn't feed myself and I still said no because of the integrity. And I think that's what landed me in the the luxury industry. Like I wanted to live a life where I did the things that I was passionate about and I got paid for it or I got perks. and, And that and that happened like um, I don't know if I if I told you guys how I became really um, popular, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I became popular. No, she did not. Go ahead, girl. Let us know. <laughs> After I left CBS, I got my first invite to Fashion Week. Or actually, no, no, no. Let me take it back. I was aware of Fashion Week. <laughs> and I would dress up in the fanciest outfit I owned. I would throw on my fur coat, which like I got at a thrift thrift shop Um, and it was winter then. So it worked. And I would show up backstage with my then like my then best friend, now husband with a broken professional camera. Oh, my God. I love this story. already. And legit business business cards. And I would act as if I had an interview with a designer. (laughs) And people were so like they didn't have their shit together as much as they do now. Now there's like like four or five check-in, like before you actually like get to the front to even go in. Like you've seen it now. Now it's so different. But they were enamored with you because you brought that presence and you were like, um, I'm somebody. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody, but not my team because I belong here. (laughs) Like I said, Uh, make the money work for you. Yes. You know, I think one of my first meetings was with, uh, I think her name's Kelly Catrone. And I don't know if you guys know her, but she's. We, we know uh, we Kelly. Know Kelly. <laughs> she's importante. She's important. And I ran my spiel on her, and that woman looked at me and she, like, let me in and she said, Whatever you do in life, I wish you all the best. And I was just like, <laughs> You were able to get a yes from Kelly Catrone? I was able to get a yes from her. My, and it was like, I feel like she knew what I was doing, but she respected it. People would be all frazzled. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We like, like our PR team didn't have mm-hmm. this, this time. Like everybody just didn't have their shit together as much as they do now. Or, But even now there's always room for errors. So you just, you just yeah. fit into that. And, and they would ask me, oh, well, what's the topic of the interview? And it was something that was very different for them. I told them, I want to interview the designer on what inspires them for their collection, because I feel that if I share their inspiration, people from my audience will be inspired to follow their dreams. That was my thing. You know what? This is still working for you, Gina. We've been at the same fashion week. I think this was about two, right before the pandemic, right? Yeah, 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 right yes. before it. Yes, so it's, I mean, obviously it's not working for you now. You are in there, you are <laughs> known, but in the beginning, you, listen, sometimes you gotta hustle and it works. You gotta starve for success, okay? The VIP room, I had just done a filming with them and somebody tells me about, you're like, someone's like, I forgot what company you were working for, but they mentioned that company. And I'm like, oh, any chance, you know, Treva Royce? <laughs> yeah, and but I, I was like, I just went off 
there and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, the company is not important because mm-hmm. anyways. <laughs> and then we went to one of your friends. We went to another spot, right? Yeah. Where do we go? We went to uh, Rebecca Mingoff. Yes, 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 yes. Without everyone standing. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. one of the standing shows. It was a good time. I got my start in fashion covering that aspect. And the designers loved it because I wasn't asking them what's hot, what's new, what's this. Like I was in the back with them as they're stressing, as they're trying to put things together as they're worried and and, and showing that side of fashion week and they loved it because my whole spiel was hey if I can share your inspiration maybe it will inspire another little girl somewhere far away who's really trying to make her dream come true but isn't doesn't think that she can do it I wanted dreams to be more attainable and after we did that season I kid you not every season following the PR printed out a description of the designer's inspiration and we changed the game. Just showing up and and pretending like I needed to be there, (laughs) we changed the game and that was awesome. All right, I need more hustling tips because I would also like to get into these these very exclusive limited circles. (laughs) Sometimes you do have to fake it till you make it. Right. You got to fake it, but you have to know your worth. You be like, listen, I'm going to make this happen. You do. Whether it comes to your personal life, your professional life, always know your worth. Absolutely. And with that said, do you have any other future plans or anything you want the Ibion people audience to know about? What last thing word do you want to drop? I've been dropping a lot of gems, but you know, <laughs> I have one more. Um, I think once you find that fire that fuels you, pursue it. And from there, create different branches that fuel your passion. You know, for me with the fashion industry, like I'm not that big of a fashionista, like I'm not, but I love traveling and I love culture. I was able to take my worth, my popularity with what I did in the fashion industry into travel. And I started working with the New York Times who started introducing me to tourism boards and I'd work directly with them and go on epic trips. And I think if I can do it, anybody can do it. I want you to know that that was a lie. You definitely love fashion. You know, we <laughs> on our, you know, our right. TR tip. We love us <laughs> a nice outfit. Okay. I was going to say, I've seen the looks that Gina serves. And those are not looks of someone I don't like fashion. She's serving up snacks and entrees like a girl. Let the people know you're looking good. The only thing I'd love people to know about, I'm actually conflicted in sharing because this book that I'm writing, uh, I really hope people take it for my intention, which is to change the game. I don't know. I I think I'm at a place right now where I'm not sure if I'm going to use my real name because because it, it's there's a lot of political things involved that ghostwriter okay yeah Let's so if I, if I give you a quick spiel and and may I hope this doesn't come back to bite me in the ass but um so my dad he is from Afghanistan and my mom is f- from Iran so I look exotic and I get it from them he just wants you to know she's looking good she's like exactly I look exotic. exactly I look hot and you should know this <laughs> and she is and she right my dad created an underground railroad that helped free thousands of Afghans out of the country so it's it's a story about that it's a story about survival it's a story about family it's a story about doing things out of necessity to provide brighter futures for the people you love 
that's amazing. Well, that sounds like a really good read, and we can't wait to talk about it in, you know, new reads and watches in our upcoming seasons. But it has been an absolute amazing pleasure. Lady G, Gina Deuced. Also, before you part, again, where can the people find you? Because you're doing a lot of things. We got to keep up. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at What the Deuced. Um, I also have a podcast with two other lovely ladies where we talk about all things us. It's called Self Care Tuesdays. Amazing. Yeah. And if I'm not doing that, I'm usually with Treva. <laughs> <laughs> We've been hanging out. Pick us up. Come, come enjoy a glass of wine or fun cocktail. Gina, this was amazing. And like Treva said, we cannot wait for all these new projects to come in the works that we could really put you on, girl. She's already on, but you know, just talk about the goodness. You guys rock. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, we jumping into some amazingly good watches. Check this out. Sex in the City, they know what time it is. So the reboot, which I'm so, so, so excited for. We told y'all a few episodes ago, if they don't have a black friend, something is wrong. But of course, they have multiple. POCs joining the cast and my favorite Nicole Ari Parker is going to be joining as a mother of three okay I'm ready for this I can see that she's probably going to be Charlotte's friend that's what I figured too because Charlotte's the only one with children well no Cynthia Nixon's character also has kids but her kids are way older but Cynthia Nixon don't like people like that. Her character is not like she wants to be around other moms. So You're I right. totally see, you know, Nicole Ari Parker and Charlotte being friends. But Sally, tell us about the other POCs that they have joining the cast of our favorite ladies. Yes, I'm so excited. So in addition to Nicole Ari Parker, we have Sarita Chudhuri and also Karen Pittman. So Chudhuri will play Seema Patel, a single self-made powerhouse Manhattan real estate broker. Okay, okay. look at you with coins and, and all that. Right. And also Pittman will appear as, you know, I'm here for this, Dr. Naya Wallace, who's described as a brilliant yet challenging Columbia law professor. Oh, it's almost like they wrote me into this whole show. Okay. Well, listen, I am here for it. What I love about Sex in the City is that this show was all about, you know, successful women who want to have fun and have sex. And also they have messy lives. Like everything about their life is messy. It doesn't matter whether you're on the Upper East Side, you know, Brooklyn, Bronx, wherever the fuck shit happens. And it definitely happens exactly like that in NYC. But, you know, now they have a little more color. literally because one of the things that used to upset me about sex in the city i was just like yeah this show is fun but i can't see myself in any of these women oh come on you could definitely (laughs) see yourself in some of the women the the problem is that even though it's been off the air for what 20 to 25 years a lot of their stuff still resonates to women Mm mm-hmm today whether they are dating whether they are married whether they are divorced it is whether they are mothers whether they're trying to be mothers it, it still resonates today and it doesn't matter whether you're rich or not you'd be like oh damn that was effed up or whether you really like sex and you date you know you want to be a cougar or whether you have a mr big in your life who like is usually he's your big but he still just fucks up yes i for one cannot wait to crack open a bottle of wine and sit there and watch me like yes girl yes especially when it comes to dating in new york because this 
it's a mess out there and we need that represented on screen. Yes. So I'm excited to see this newer version with POCs. And even though Samantha won't be there, I feel like the new people that they're bringing to the cast are going to bring a lot of the extra crazy, sexy, and the women are going to be older, but I feel like they're still going to get into mess. So I'm here for it. In another good watch that really is titillating my sensors is this new show on VH1. So VH1 is announcing a new series that will feature wild first person tales getting caught up in over the top scandalous crimes. This Amona Scott Young production, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. But the thing is, if anybody is going to be hosting this show, oh, it got to be rapper and actress Remy Ma. So it's going to be told by her, but She's going to be talking about the people who lived through these life-changing misadventures. And it's called My True Crime Story. Remy Ma know firsthand, because you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She did do some time. And, she got you know, caught up. She got caught up, but now she done, you know, got back to her on the right side of right. And so she's hosting the show. So I like to see that. This is like another show where, you know, a singer, entertainer, actress, whatever, is hosting a crime show. I know Monica is also hosting a show. It's pretty much about these crimes that have happened to people that were on the cusp of really reaching stardom. So she's hosting that show. And she says it's simply because she she loves crime shows. I mean, who doesn't? I like a crime show. A crime show really, it really gives you the kind of mess that you like from reality TV, but also shows you the damn that went left real fast, which is highly entertaining. Yeah, but for me, I will only watch it if I know that there's like an ending to it. Did they catch the person? Is the person dead? Is the person in jail? Like, I hate when it's an unsolved mystery because it makes me feel very unsettled. I'm like, am I going to walk down the street and be like, oh shit, you look like that person. Oh my God, let me call. Let me call. I don't know who to call because nine... One, one might be doing wrong too. So, yeah. So, you remember that show to catch a predator? That used to be me. I used to watch that and then I would walk down the street and be like, Ooh, I think I saw you. You going down. But it, it was just my bad eyes not focusing. But also, some people just have that predatory look. Sorry. But, anyways, take a look, watch at the show. Okay. And now for that sad, blackity black ass truth. So I feel like every week, the truth just keeps getting sadder and sadder. This week, y'all, tennis star Coco Goff tests positive for COVID-19 and will no longer compete in the Tokyo Olympics. Ooh, this is a rough one. 17-year-old Coco Goff joins the growing list of Olympic athletes to test positive for the virus. The latest number is close to 50 confirmed cases. What are they doing over there? See, this don't make no damn sense. But also, I feel really bad for Coco because this would have been her first Olympics. And obviously, trained super hard. And it sucks even more because this Olympics was postponed one year because of like how bad COVID was last year. So the fact that they're still having these games and there will be no people in the audience due to COVID, but now the actual competitors and athletes are getting COVID. Like what is the point and at what risk? Right. I mean, at this point they should just suspend the games because if 50 people have already been diagnosed with COVID, the way that these spreadable diseases occur, as we all saw for the last year, because we don't got locked up in our homes and shit, 50 people infected at least two other people. Then that's 100 other people that will have the infection in just a few days. Like y'all are trying to accelerate something that did not need to get accelerated. 
Yeah, but the fact that super unfortunate that she won't be able to compete, let alone the other people. And they've worked so hard, especially over the past year. You have to keep Mm -hmm. up that fitness, that workout routine so that when time came again, you could then qualify and then make it. And then to be all the way there and a few days prior, get told, oh, damn, girl, sorry. Ooh, ain't this a sad black black ass truth. All right, let's get into some celeb news. Reality Roundup. All right, so our girl Normani did the damn thing. She hit us with a crazy ass video featuring Cardi. I mean, it was a collab we were not ready for and we were not worthy of because it was good, good. She must have had at least like 10, 20 outfit changes. The screen was going upside down and sideways. And I was like, oh, girl, I can't keep up. It was good did you like it oh i loved it i feel like that's the best piece of entertaining in music that i have seen in a very long time um i especially love the fact that even though cardi came out as naked as the lord brought her she actually looked the most covered up that i've ever seen her in videos where she's wearing actual clothes so but her verse was fire too i really liked everything about this i love the r&b old school vibes i think it's a bop Yeah, no lies told there about Cardi. She did look fully dressed, but homegirl only had her hair to cover her nipples. But the whole video, the thing was, even though, yes, she was nude. They were both nude together. There's a lot of nudity. It was so tastefully done, though. Like, I didn't even realize that Cardi was naked because it was just so, so many things happening. I mean, the dancers on point, the different outfits, the hair, the styling, colors. Ooh, girls. So if y'all haven't seen Wild Slide by Normani featuring Cardi, you better check it out. But um, Normani, girl, you have some explaining to do. Uh, so she also sampled... Aliyah's one in a million in this song. But Aliyah's uncle is saying, um, you didn't get the rights. Like he gave her a props. He said, I love the song and the video. You did your thing, but you could have at least gotten permission, girl. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like it's a whole hot roiling mess. So I strongly suggest that if you haven't seen or heard the song yet, you do it while it's still available. Because if this is in fact the case and she did not get the rights for the one in a million sample, they gonna pull that shit off the streaming services and all the airwaves. hoping Normani's team you know figures it out and I'm sure maybe hopefully the uncle wasn't privy to the rights that they did get like I'm just very confused how you can move forward and actually use a piece of the song put the video out be a huge star and not get those rights girl please tell me it ain't so make it make sense and talk about tell me it ain't so Mm. this show that we done told y'all about a few episodes put a ring on it is just it keeps getting worse. It's like a 10 car pileup. It started as a three car pileup on the interstate. And now it's a 10 car pileup over here on 95. It's just bad. It's, it's getting worse. Like, Treva, please tell the people what they need to know. 
Yeah. So the main hot mess couple, which is the guy from Field Mob, whose name is Dorian, and his girlfriend of 14 years. Yes, double digits. One for 14 years. He just keeps making a fool out of her. So in this last recent episode, he confessed. Well, it wasn't a confession. It was just news to us. She already knew, obviously, that he has two or three kids with two different baby mamas. But the thing is, you've been dating for 14 years apparently it's been off and on do you just wait until y'all break up to then go have another baby like i'm not understanding and he makes such a fool out of her because of course in this show to be as messy as possible they make each person in the couple go on a date with a different person he likes this girl that he went out with so much he is now going to go on a fourth date in a row no with her no no one else has gone on as many dates with one person but he says that he really likes her she gets him he gets his you know she gives him something that he's not getting from his current relationship and i am just so i'm not even embarrassed for this girl i'm mad no see i have not agreed with the premise of this show from the beginning you have to sit there as a girlfriend be like okay so you like this girl so much that you want to go out on a fourth date with her well you can fourth date your ass right out the door because I ain't about that shit. Like, what the fuck, girl? Y'all have been together for 14 years. He's had multiple babies on you in that interval of y'all being together. Why are you still here? You are cute. You are accomplished. You are smart. Yeah. There are plenty of other fish in the sea. Why do you need this three-day-old tuna? Well, she definitely gets up and walks out of that therapy session when he says he wants to go on a fourth date As with she should. girl. And, you know, in their previous um, interviews, right, she has said that she wants children, but she wants the marriage first, which is, you know, totally fine. And he says he doesn't want to be forced to marry her on her timing. That's his whole thing and the whole hiccup but he does say he says that he wants more children so i'm just like i really really hope for this girl that they give her a really great date someone who she can really connect with and see for like the beautiful person smart person that she is and i hope that she moves on because there is no way that they are staying together i really do hope that they end their relationship at the end of this the only issue is that she's so stuck on him because that's the only man she's ever known Again, classic example of I'm going to stay in this mistake because I spent a whole lot of time making it. But this does not necessarily need to be the case. Even if you've been with somebody 14 days, 14 months, 14 years, 30 years, it is never too late for you to realize your self-worth and walk the fuck away. Like, come on, girl, not 14 days. If you stuck on somebody after 14 days and you don't know your worth, you got issues. I mean, yes, that's a whole other, you might want to go to therapy situation, but you know the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, and moving on to ridiculous below deck mess. So Below Deck Mediterranean is back on Bravo and the season started off crazy, but this chef has such an attitude. It's really like rubbing me the wrong way. He doesn't know what is in his job description. Sir, you are supposed to cook all the meals, whatever someone wants to eat, whenever they want to eat, and you must cook the meals for the entire crew. That is your job. That is literally your job. It seems like he's mad that he has to do his job, which he also tried to get out of on the very first day. 
Right. Talking about, oh, no, I busted my kneecap. I can't cook. First of all, I did not see him hit, bump or do anything on his damn knee. So that was clearly a lie. He admitted that, you know, he doesn't have any formal training with large groups like this. So, okay, I understand that. But if you knew that going into this job, then why would you take on this role? And don't be out here complaining about having to make crew food. Like, bro, if the crew ain't fed, the crew ain't working. If the crew ain't working, the boat ain't rocking. If the boat ain't rocking, y'all ain't getting no tip money at the end of the charter. Absolutely. And on to the other people, there is a really beautiful black woman who is just, ooh, she's just starting to be a mess. Yeah, she has a burn book with people's names on it on the boat. And I'm like, girl, if that's what makes you feel better, don't show it and talk about it on TV and show it to another crew member. That doesn't make sense. Don't show it to a crew member who outranks you and can tattletale on you, which we have seen in the past. She will tattletale on you. That is very true. It's kind of like I like her, but then she has a bit of a stuck up snooty attitude with the rest of the people on the boat. A bit. And it seems like in future episodes, she's going to come for the only other black person there, which is like, don't do that, girl. Like, why? When she pulled out this piece of paper and wrote down the names of all of the people who have wronged her and will be sad when she succeeds. I will say I do agree with Malia on that one. I go, girl, I think you do need to sleep with one eye open. But again, I feel like this is just a cry for help because she recently lost her father. And she mentioned that in less than three months she was there filming and she lost her father. So I feel like this is just a crazy way for her to grieve. It's not an excuse at all, but it's like, girl. Take the time that you need to grieve and don't bring your mess to the other people. Definitely. Temper tantrums are never an adequate replacement for therapy and counseling. Get your mind right before you decide to encase yourself on a boat for six weeks with other unsuspecting victims. And speaking of people that ain't right, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, they're a little desperate, desperate. Talk about their issues. So they should definitely change the name of the show to Desperate Housewives of Atlanta because right now they're having a real huge casting issue and we still don't know who is going to be on the next season of Atlanta Housewives. So we're still unsure as to whether or not Porsche is coming back because you know, she ain't trying to deal with all that heat over her boo thing, Beyonce, love, love, Simon Gubadia, and the love square that she done blew up. Cynthia already has her forever love and her businesses are on point. She making money. Her skin looking real good. They got Bailey on the hill. So honestly, what drama is she bringing? Like, I, I'm not interested. She ain't bringing no tea. Yeah, so Cynthia is rumored to not be coming back, but it's like your chapter is closed. We've seen everything. And like, that's a good way to leave. Just saying, not for nothing. Apparently, Kenya and Candy are definitely coming back. All right, cool. You got to have a villain who is Kenya. And Candy is always about her money. So cool. Great. But Portia, you know, you will be coming back, girl, because we need to see all the mess that you done started Months ago, once Atlanta, the previous season ended, we got to see all this fiance mess and the ting and ting because it's going to be hot, hot. And so apparently they're looking for two unknown. See, the thing is, ugh, I mean, I'm really glad that they're not bringing Latoya back. She, she was, was a hot mess. 
was Kenya's little, you know, puppy dog and doing all her dirty work. And we're not sure if Drew Sidora is coming back, who I really like. So hopefully maybe she'll come back as a friend. Because not, we okay. need to know where your husband was. We still need to know. Girl, I don't know. If, we, if they don't bring her back, we ain't never going to know. But there is rumors that they may bring Marla on as finally a housewife and not a friend. Oh, please, God, because I like Marlo and she she be bringing mess. She be bringing tea and she serves looks, couture, high fashion looks. Yes, I would love to see that because I know that she is actually taking care of her two nephews like she is their primary caregiver. I want to see a little bit more about that. But also, we really want to know who's the millionaire men's that you be dating Mm -hmm. and how can we get to them as well? Well, not the Simon Gubadias. No, no, no. You, no, 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 no. Portia can keep that. That's all Portia. She got that. She got that. Yeah. So this is going to get a little shaky, but I know it's going to be a good season. And Portia, stop playing games and let them cameras in your home, girl. Wait, Treva, you're forgetting. Wow. Talks of possibly bringing back a former housewife of Atlanta, a one Miss Sheree Whitfield, none other than the bone collector herself. Who going to check me, boo? Oh, yes. Very excited about that. Sheree is still with her Tyrone. He's out of jail now. He served his time. Hey! With white collar crime. So Tyrone is out of jail and Sheree is still booed up. So, ooh, girl. Ooh, this could be... So, really? Okay. I think that Andy should just start creating this mashup of calling it Desperate Housewives Love After Lockup because this is all this is. And just call it a day. Whatever they're calling it, I'm watching. So make sure the cameras are there. And also, Portia, you can't do all this mess and not expect people to talk. Like, come on. And wrapping it up here, we have oh, Real Housewives of New York and their poor, not poor, poor ratings. Like, they low, low. They're so low. My credit score looks better than these ratings. Yeah, so the ratings have been so low that they have postponed and pushed back the Real Housewives of New York reunion taping. It was supposed to be taping in August, apparently, and now they're pushing it to September. I guess they're hoping that more people will watch and maybe they'll have more questions to ask about in the reunion. But Ebony K. Williams said, oh, no, people don't be coming for her. She is not the reason why the ratings are low. She says she has no control over what Bravo chooses to air and not air, but don't come and blame her. I mean, yeah, I get it. You have no control over what production chooses to air. But my thing is just like, girl, if production had juicier bits to give to the people, do you really think that they would just be airing the history lessons that you've been giving? Also, it's just her whole demeanor and attitude. It's not right. Like, it's just stank on stank. (laughs) And you can't attack people And it's just like she's trying to make all the white women feel bad about things that they have not done. I just hope that Bershawn will be here to liven it up a little bit because I know her and Sonia are over here, you know, mixing it up, getting into each other's faces. And I am definitely here to see that mess because Sonia, you never know what you're going to get with her. That she a wild card. She a wild, wild card. Yeah, I had high hopes for Bershawn, but she came for Sonia and Sonia is the party all the time even when she's crazy belligerent drunk 
She is still hilarious. So you can't come for, she's not an OG, but I'm going to consider her OG of New York because she's been there for quite a while. Bershawn, you just stepped up in there. Although I do feel like there's a weird dynamic between all of the women. And the women were kind of jumping on Bershawn at that dinner when she was kind of coming for Sonia. The whole thing is weird. The whole cast is off. They need to just shuffle because it's not yes. right. And and Leah's crying every second. She was crying and eating. I was like, what am I watching? Please make up your mind. Like this whole thing is odd. I don't like it. The crying was so awkward and out of place that I honestly thought that she was pretending to cry because I didn't understand what was going on. Um, but I totally agree with you. I think that we need to liven it up, uh, freshen it up a little bit because I know y'all know there are women in New York City who are wildly successful and also just wild so can you bring those bitches onto the show so that i can have me a good time and speaking of having a good time you know our bucket list item is to be able to party with sonia one day so girl if you hear this somebody hook it up yes we'll we'll find her somewhere in the streets in new york city she's always around but my whole thing is ebony i don't want you to go because i'm very happy to have black women on the cast of the new york housewives but i'm just gonna need you to bring a different tone you can be smart and you can be eloquent and you can be educational at times but don't force things on people and shove it down their throats and tell them they're white supremacists and all the things that you have been doing because that is not okay if somebody were to do that to you you would not have it so like why are you doing it to them stop like honestly i just want to see ebony get raging drunk one night and get super messy that's all i want to see because you know exactly it happens to all of us trying too hard to keep her composure and be the host and the lawyer that she is but it's like girl you are a lawyer and a host on other platforms right here for housewives you are here to have fun and shake it up and you don't have to get crazy drunk but you are there to like put your bar down and stop like trying to body check people because it's really weird that part if you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any it be your own people moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget if you to like hit and us follow up to us say on hey Instagram, or Twitter, or let us know about any it be your own people moments. Send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ibyoppodcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.